episode 203, Three Focal Areas to Transform Your Teaching. Hi, I'm Kim LaPree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I think it's pretty cool. You are spending your free time investing in your own potential by listening to podcasts as either entertainment or professional development. Either way, that's pretty elite. This podcast episode is especially for new teachers as we talk about honing in on the biggest levers of our instruction so that when we do make a tweak, it has a big impact. So let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. First of all, new teachers, hello. It's been a while since we sat elbow to elbow for a chat, and I have been hanging with the teacher leaders lately, trying to provide them the best support possible so that they can then help teachers just like you. But we've been talking about something that I think could really help you too, so I decided to pause my discussion with them for this quick commercial interruption to help you upgrade your effectiveness in the classroom. Before we dive into the three areas of instruction that have the biggest impact on a teacher's performance in the classroom, I want to give you a piece of advice. When I started teaching, there were so many little things that I wanted to change about my classroom and about my teaching. And it made me feel so good to reflect and adjust. All those tiny tweaks made me feel like I was making progress. The truth is, though, all those tiny changes barely moved the needle on student achievement and my own proficiency as a teacher. Because those two outcomes, student achievement and teacher proficiency, are huge in how we measure our educational effectiveness. So if we focus on those two outcomes, we have to work backwards and say, what can I do today that will have a bigger impact on student achievement and teacher proficiency? And spoiler alert, it's not the cute bulletin board letters that you spend hours cutting out or the new calculator container that's color coordinated in the cabinet. Although how you organize your space can lead to an efficient routine and then that creates more time on task, the tiny organizing tasks that you're spending so much time working on aren't enough on their own to transform your teaching. But If you focus on the biggest organizational task related to student achievement and teacher proficiency, then maybe we will start to see some momentum. So for example, if you can save time passing out and collecting papers by creating some routine that you're going to use every single time, then the time you save on that single task becomes bonus time you can put back into your lesson. Now you're able to reteach or just teach at a deeper level. 
and you're going to start seeing a return on your investment. But those pretty bulletin board letters or the color coordinated bins or the personalized items for your teacher desk, those things are certainly fun. They're a great creative outlet, but they aren't big enough levers to impact the most important outcomes in the classroom. Again, student achievement and teacher proficiency. So are you starting to see where I'm getting at? I hate to be the bearer of bad news because I know there's so many fun things that teachers get to do and that we see on social media, but the reality is we were hired to do a job. And our focus has got to be on educating kids in the most effective way possible. And some of these tasks are time sucks and they aren't making us stronger and better for the kids that we lead every single day in the classroom. So this episode is going to help you hone in on those three focal areas of your instruction that will give you the biggest bang for your buck. So grab your pen and paper. Let's do this. First lever is design lessons versus plan lessons. When you learn to become a teacher, your instructor in college gave you some sort of outline for your lesson plans, and maybe even your principal today does the same. The problem with a lesson plan is it's only the first part of the learning equation. What you do with that initial outline determines how effective in the classroom you're going to become. So just because a lesson plan outline asks you to fill out certain boxes doesn't mean you can't add on additional boxes to upgrade your lesson to something amazing. In fact, my administrative team used to tell me, as long as the lesson plan you design has all the components we're asking for, then I don't care what it looks like. And I thought that was fair because my brain didn't work the way that their lesson plan format was laid out. And I needed more room to write in specific teacher-student actions and timestamps for things to keep me on track uh, and my differentiated groups and small little engagement strategies throughout the lesson. I just needed room to thoroughly design this experience and not just jot in page numbers and topics and standards and that was that. I needed to really flush out the details, not the words I was going to say, but really all the little things that were happening behind the scenes to make an effective lesson. So in the beginning, designing a lesson takes a long time because you have to visualize the lesson from start to finish. And there's just so many tiny aspects of your instruction that you need to think through. The way kids are going to move, the resources you plan to use, how students are going to interact with each other, etc. All those important details take time to think up and plan out. But the great news is we teachers know that students work best in a routine environment. So all the structures you're putting into place are going to be reusable. We aren't going to be wishy-washy in how we do things. So once all this brainstorming is done, every lesson plan afterwards will get faster to create because you're going to reuse those systems and routines. The best tip I can give you to move beyond planning a lesson to actually designing one is to walk through it. And this will help you find potholes or places that need to be filled with details. You'll think, oh, I said I was going to read this book and point out these details, but I never really decided which details to pull out. So let me write those on a post-it note, put it inside the book. And now you've moved beyond just the lesson plan outline to actually designing what this is going to look like. It's intentional and it's purposeful. Uh, also, at the end of the day, I always prepared my classroom for the next day's lesson. I would put everything out on 
on the front desk table that I needed to teach the lesson, the handouts, textbooks, manipulatives, whatever. And I then would glance over my lesson plan and write all over it. <laughs> so I might say I'm going to hone in on this student in this part of the lesson because I know he's been working towards this skill or I'm going to walk over here to this side of the room because I can illustrate my point by acting it out or I just simply walk the transition route from one location to the next and I would realize like wow this is an inefficient route it took too long or there's too many barriers the trash can and this desk is kind of out in the way and they're going to trip over this and so really rehearsing and going through that lesson plan ensured I didn't have potholes I figured all that out beforehand and that goes to how we design a lesson make sure it's thorough and not just a piece of paper that's filled out so designing a lesson from start to finish means one, you envision what it is you want it to look like, two, you detail it out, and three, you rehearse or you walk it before you deliver it. So that's pretty easy. Let's move on to the second biggest lever to move the student achievement and teacher proficiency needle, and that's managing a classroom instead of managing behavior. So I have to admit, behavior management was my forte. I was really, really good at that. And it wasn't until I got some years on me as an educator that I realized I was forcing compliance instead of creating an environment where students chose to participate and succeed. And that might sound lofty, but what I mean is I was diminishing their ability to make the choice for themselves. And it really didn't become obvious with the younger kids, but when I moved up to fifth grade, they just rebelled because it was belittling instead of empowering. And so I learned a valuable lesson that year that instead of requiring kids to behave in a certain manner, I could just set up the classroom in a way so that they could operate as independents while yet still adhering to the requirements. So what that means is you need to set up structures in your classroom so that you're focusing on managing the classroom and not the actual people within it. So for example, instead of hollering at Johnny for talking out a turn and making a big scene, you would have already had the students paired up for a nice turn and talk about a topic before returning back to you to then share out. And this procedure and structure allows all students to talk, which is what Johnny wanted to do. It also allows for movement, which is what sparked Johnny to want to have an outburst because he was ready to get moving. And finally, when students know the expectation, it's just much easier for them to choose to meet the requirements instead of acting out. If, if Johnny knows we usually do a turn and talk after this direct instruction, then, well, he's not going to use those words, but you know what I mean. I can just hold on for a few more minutes and then I'll get my wiggles and energy out rather than just bursting out at random. I will warn you, though, that it takes time to kind of see the fruit of your labor when it comes to structures because you have to tweak and change it so it's the most effective it can be. Um, and then you'll start to see like, wow, we are really gaining so much time back on the instructional clock. Kids are more engaged than the lesson. And I'm actually able to take risks and try new things as a teacher because the environment is now ready for it. All this foundational work you're doing is going to lead you and the students to finding freedom in the classroom. So to set up structures, you need to use the same method as you did in designing lessons. You're going to walk through your day. Where do you need structure? <laughs> Probably pretty much everywhere, but start with the biggest sections of your lesson first. 
For example, before you work on some paper passing routine, which could be helpful, you've actually got to design an entry routine because when students come into the classroom knowing what to do immediately, the environment is calm for you to handle those last minute issues and students are jumping right into learning. This is a bigger routine to get ironed out to start here. Um, then maybe you go on to like, for example, guided reading or centers if you use that approach because that's another big part of your lesson that is going to require a lot of orchestration and then you could start tackling all the little routines in between so first I would walk through my day second I would make a list of all the possible routines that I need third I would plan those bigger routines fourth I would then teach that routine to students and five tweak the routine as necessary just please don't go in there tweaking 75 things in a day's time. That is so overwhelming for kids to remember what the routine is and just to successfully implement it. So start with just the heavy hitters and when they got those, add on and repeat. All right, y'all, last lever to transform your teaching. Are you ready? Student engagement instead of student interaction. So you might be realizing that the way your students interact in your lesson is pretty limited, like head nodding or limited hands raised or dominant talkers in a discussion and silent ones in the other. That's really low level learning and not going to help students deepen their learning. Student engagement puts the power back into the student's hands and gives them these unique opportunities to work with each other and work with the content so that they can have a deeper understanding. So did you get that? paired with some sort of head nod is not really going to deepen their understanding. So you want to get rid of it. That is what we call interaction, but it's not engagement. You want to give students opportunities to learn more about a subject in other ways than just listening to you. Maybe you have a website quest or a listening station or a reading passage or a gallery walk discussion whatever you can do to spice up the initial learning so that they are tackling the content in a new way while also getting to talk to each other, which is really important. So make a list of the way your students engage now, then go back through that list and label the actions with I for interact or E for engage. This will really help you notice your natural pattern and it's okay if everything is labeled I because this is the starting point. You'll then want to transform those interactions into engagement opportunities. So start brainstorming a way to structure student learning so that students can dive deeper into content and work together with their peers. You can Google engagement ideas or ask your colleagues for things that work well with them. A word of caution though, you don't need to put on a dog and pony show. You don't need some super complicated activity. You just need an opportunity for learning in a new way. So keep it simple at first until you've got a handful of tried and true techniques, and then you can start to add some flair when you're ready. So that was just make your list, label your list, and then transform those interactions into engagement strategies. Okay, folks, we made it through the secret recipe. Design lessons, manage the classroom, and engage students. And when you focus on these three instructional levers, you are going to transform student achievement and your own teaching proficiency. I guarantee it. And by this point in the year, you are ready to start leveling up your performance. So go ahead 
and get started. Don't try all three at once. They build on top of each other. So if you don't get level one right, level two is going to crumble. So start with designing lessons, get that all ironed out, then move on to classroom management and then student engagement. It might take days or weeks or months, but just go at your own pace. When you patiently work on your craft, you allow yourself space to be creative, to make mistakes, and then to shine yourself up in the most authentic, ways. Don't compare how fast someone else is implementing changes. Just stay in your lane with your blinders on and do you. You are going to blossom and flourish when you're ready. So go slow and steady with your changes. I cannot wait to see how you grow and develop the second half of the year. I'd love to hear any and all success stories. So shoot me an email at Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com. If you do need additional support than what I shared with you today, you can join our new teacher Facebook group. I'll leave the link to join in the show notes. You just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast. You'll find this episode and that link will be right there for you. I also wrote a book just for you new teachers called Elementary Education 101, What They Didn't Teach You in College. And that is certainly going to be helpful as you navigate the first few years on the job. I will leave that link in the show notes as well, or you can search for it right on Amazon. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on honing in on three focal areas of our instruction to transform our teaching and student learning. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>